Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> yeah! yeah baby. Nothing like that clearing of the throat. You know what we got to do? We got to get the big monitor, you know, when we're going to breaks, we're doing mm. stuff. We've got the Yankee preseason game on right now. Uh, and, and if we get the giant monitor, we'll just do like off it play by play. Just call it. Yeah, call we'll the game as it happens game. right there in front of us. And Tom Jarrett goes to the stretch. He checks first. He checks second. He takes the sign from the catcher and he's in the windup. <laughs> Inside, low in the dirt, scooped up by the catcher and tossed it back. Watch it's out, John Sterling. Count. John yeah. Sterling. Oh, John, Johnny was, you know, we had him on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what a great guy. Super great guy. And nice guy. And he invited me into the booth. And I looked at him and I went, you know, I, I mean, I, I got I got a little chubby about it, actually. Did you really? I did. I did. I said to him, uh, can I, can I, he goes, absolutely, Daniel. Come on in there and call, you know, call in any of the, I'm like, that's, that, you know, outstanding. Who does not want to do that? Except for after we listened to Joe Salzone do the announcement yesterday. Well, there's nobody that can touch Joe Salzone. No, no. So the great Lawrence Dickman. Jo- jo- Joe Salzone, a.k.a. Larry Dickman. You've been spending a lot of time. Way too much time. <laughs> way, too way too much time with Joe yeah. Salzone. Because you never know what you're going to get. Life's a box of chocolates, Joe. And uh, so Joe came in the first day, because I'm, I'm subbing in for uh, Gomez and Lisa on the morning show. And Joe is operating the board in absence of Gomez. So... The first day he came in, he was fired up. I mean, he was fired he's up. He's ready to go. He was. He, you know, he's. It's a different venue. It's not sports. He's telling me all the things that he's interested in, and and so I've got a, a my niece Jacqueline, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and Joe Salzone. The next day, <coughs> we revert right back to the usual Joe Salzone. Classic drill, yeah. Uh, you know, just Eeyore uh, yeah. life. Oh, Mopey, right. I drive all the way. Pile of wet laundry. I wish it was snowing. I wouldn't have come. Exactly right. You know, so the whole bit. Uh, and then we get into like a little bit of a a, a power struggle, if you will, mm-hmm. about uh, you know yeah, I've heard about who, who makes who makes the decisions. Um, but now what I found out was, and I, and I got to come to you, uh, you know, with your plethora of experience and your pull and power here, you know, next to the great Ed Levine, it's really, it really is you. I, I, I can well, thank see you. that. Thank well, you. Yeah. And, and well, Pam. Pam. It's Pam. Yeah, Pam, then say, Ed, then Pam, me, Pam, yeah. Pam, Ed, and then you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, Joe Salzone is not here today because he is uh, approaching um, in hours to go into overtime. Yeah, he's got you because he's doing the morning show every right, day. Right, right. He's he's going to max out on hours, so it's j- literally just you and I in this room today. Yeah, yeah. No, no Paulie, get... no Joe, just you and I. Well, we're going to check in with the mole on the road because uh, you know I'm I'm often fascinated with a guy that has his skinny little you know metabolism. <laughs> Who eats as much fast food and crap? As yeah, he if eats. he can he's, put down the BK broiler long enough for he, us to get him on the phone, he's a garbage truck. He's a garbage truck. He is. It's terrifying. <laughs> His insides are like you know fecal matter. Yeah. Um. So, so back to Joe. So, yeah. wh- what does that what does that look like? So, so we're in a special week. Those, those guys are Gomez and Lisa are on vacation, and so Joe's coming in to run the board because obviously I'm I'm you know dyslexic and I could never do this and it would take me a long time to figure out all the dials and buttons. And you should be focusing on the, the talking and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it's I'm so important. Um, <laughs> um, so Thank you, so yeah. so with that said, are we talking about you know Joe would get another 
two dollars an hour. I think over. he might be go. Yeah, he might be in the uh, ten dollar an hour range at that point if he goes over. I, yeah, and, and we just we'd be busting the bank to get yeah. him in there and, and and get him in here too. Or, I don't know what the legality or is. It too is? much hours. For it him. might be too many hours. I don't know what the like the state of New York laws are. I, I'm paid a flat fee. So. Yeah, we we don't want him to go postal. You know, come in here with you know no. with, with a with a high powered weapon. Or no, something, they told sure. Paulie said if you're going to be doing mornings, you can do a couple of days with the Baldwin show, and then you got you got to go home for the afternoons. Because wow. you can't go over hours, so who who on the hierarchy is that? Does that go all the way up the ladder to the big man himself, or does that go? That might be who we call uh, in the building. Well, I call Ratso. So the right hand man, the guy who handles the money, I call him Ratso because he just he's oh, like, I, he, I, he, Iron Mike. Yeah, Iron Mike. Iron Mike. Yeah, he Iron might be Mike? the guy you go to and say, "Well, what's the story with hours? Can he not work so many?" He's the guy that handles all that. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. You know, it's funny. It's uh, you know when you watch a mafia boss. Mm-hmm. You know, they always have the one guy. You yeah. know, they got the one guy they go to and, they, and they're whispering in the courtroom. Yeah, he comes back and goes, not to my best of my knowledge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Not that I recall. Yeah, yeah exactly. He is that guy. And, but I, I, I did have a question for you because we do know how the great Larry Dickman handles snow. Friday uh-huh. morning, we're supposed to have a decent amount of snow falling. Whoa. What oh, if really? he doesn't come to work on Friday morning? You need him for the morning show. Friday morning. If I mean, he here on the ESPN, we can live without him, but clearly. But Friday well, yeah, morning, because you have the capability of running the board. You run the board on your whole yeah, show, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. very savvy to and that. And once you push the buttons, you don't got to look at this thing. You can just I can turn well, it. Well, we, we we would have a couple of options mm-hmm. um, as I see it. A someone would come in there and program some other thing to run yeah. because I, I was clearly an option would not be for me to run the board. I wouldn't know how to do it. Or, and this would be my favorite, just leave an open mic with no commercials. Oh, whole time, whole time. It's nonstop, not live, a- <laughs> double dongo, king of the Congo. Not a single commercial. And l- let me just go at it. I wouldn't hate that. Three hours. I wouldn't tune out. Three hours. I'd love it. It's like a mud fest. Just give you a big jug of coffee and see what comes out of you. You don't even hours. need the coffee. But me and Jacqueline just riffing. Yeah. Making, I would go after her probably. Yeah. Halfway through the week, you've been, you've been, you've been killing it. You know, I had doing I had, mornings and afternoons. I had an interesting day uh, um, doing the morning show because I I did a a full half. Now you know, you know, no one is coming up to me and telling me about the form. No one's coming. I've seen what I've seen on your show, um, and, and you have somebody on there that you can really play. You know, there's times when you volley and there's times when you rally. Mm-hmm. And you know, a rally a rally guy, you know, you want to get at the baseline and really crack it and move each other around. But when you're playing tennis with a friend, unless you're playing in a tournament, you want to get a workout. You want it mm-hmm. to be, uh, and then you go to the net and it goes boom, 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 and the, and the ball never touches the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've you've got someone you can do both of those things with on the show. Now, as I find my way with Gomez and Lisa, and I don't want to, you know, overstep any boundaries mm-hmm. or anything. Now they're gone. Now, now Jacqueline is someone I can clearly rally and volley with. Yes, you're related. You can have a yeah, rapport. Long history. We can go. Um, Joe, not so much. You no. know, what I mean, so you, you you hope that you can count on that guy for a little color commentary and occasional read the text and do whatever mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, which which there's a place for. But I decided because of the terrible opiate problem um, here in in central New York to bring in a couple of guys who actually one guy, um, John Soshi, who lost two children, one indirectly and one directly. And he told this whole story. We did an hour and a half on it. It was interesting, the um, the feedback and the uh, um, and, and the response to it. You know, it was one of those where, you know, when you're watching, uh, uh, remember the old TV series Soap? Yeah. Okay, people either loved that show or mm-hmm. hated it and didn't get it, mm-hmm. and that and that's kind of what I got. I got people going, you know, put. 
put Gomez and Lisa back on. Sure, sure, sure. Get rid of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brother sucks. Yeah, you right. know? <laughs> I, got, I got it all. I walked out and there were two women that work in the office here that were literally... Um, they had been bawling, crying That's right, right. the story. So, I still get people complaining, telling me to bring back the guy that went away three years ago. So it never, it never ends. Is it because they haven't listened in three years? No, they listen, <laughs> but they just like they just like to make their statements. They go, "Oh yeah, I well, want to, I want to get at you." Well, you know, and so and so I and and, and I get great encouragement from Ed because I think he's he heard. Um, you know, compelling radio, no doubt, but it's not necessarily the format as, as you know, on this show, this is not, you know, I've, I listened to a bunch of Matt Park and I listened to a, a bunch of Brent Dax and I, and I probably, if I had to compare myself to either one, it's somewhere more on the act side of that sure. because Brent is very enthusiastic and he's doing commentary and you're hearing his Lifestyle opinion. stuff. Yeah. So he's, he's doing, and, he, and he's doing a lot of different, but I'm, I'm definitely, you know, the wild card in the deck on mm-hmm. ESPN radio sure. here in Syracuse, that's for sure. But that's what I do, you know. I mean, yeah. so you know what you're going to get when you listen to the show. And there's, I'm sure, the straight up sports guy listens to this and goes, "So far, we've been on now for uh, 12 minutes. We haven't really talked about anything to do with sports." Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, Dude, there, we're just there, catching there, up as friends right well, now. There, there might there might be times, and also I know that there's a listening audience that is now starting to establish itself on this show where I have a relationship with. Sure. You know, so um, and that's great, man. I'm really happy that I want that number to keep growing, and I, I like people to get more interactive with us. I'd like people to text us uh, and tell us what they think or what they want to talk about or chime in with an opinion or call in. You know, I noticed that uh, there's other shows that I've been on here, particularly the morning show, where a lot more people call. But I think in defense of this show, the reason why that occurs is because they're in their car and they can grab their cell. People listening to us are at work working right they're now. They're probably sitting at work, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they're they're playing this in the, in the kitchen. You know, they're sure, playing yeah. this you know, at the restaurant, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to see all the people who come up to you and say, hey, I love listening to the show. I love listening to the show while I'm at doing this job. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Keeping I, them company I, in various ways. I, I, I've gotten that quite a bit. Um, uh, but definitely, uh, I, I enjoy doing this because I love sports. Um, it's far easier for me to to work with you mm. um, because I think we're um, more alike you know, sure. in our personalities and sure. stuff. Um, um, so I enjoy doing that. I enjoy working on the morning show with those guys. I'm not quite sure that the material is going to be compelling enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to find those places where I get to insert me and stuff you it. like yeah things that interest well, you well now when you do your show um do you do uh i mean is, is it all yuck yuck blah 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 i mean I, no, you do I've lots always, of different things yeah i've always just done a show that i would listen to so i'm like if i if i was listening to a show what would i want to hear right now and then those are the stories that i gravitate towards and those are the ones i do yeah so, right on man that's what it's all about and with that said i'm going to uh before we go into the break um, I, I started looking up some um, some interesting stories even in the past. And so I'm going to tease the headline that we're going to talk about okay. when we come back. Look forward to it. Um, Miami Heat Dwayne Wade's slovenly sex parties <laughs> after the break. We'll come back to ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. The mighty... Del Lago Resort and Casino. Uh, you know, I almost went out uh, um, this last weekend with my wife again. She loves it there so much. And I get to go hang out with the great Jason Klug. Uh, when are we going to do like a uh, a tandem date out there and go catch a show or do oh, something? Oh, I'd like that. Is the wife coming? Yeah, she's down for anything. She's in? She likes to get out of the house, yeah. Yeah, you know that. 
I was just talking about Del Lago because they had a record-selling concert with Loverboy. Loverboy just sold out faster than any show has ever sold out. Loverboy. <laughs> the band Loverboy. Can we play a Loverboy tune? What's the what's the greatest Loverboy tune ever? Right here. This is it. Turn me loose. Why don't you turn me loose? Yeah. Turn, oh, I can see this guy lighting it up. Loverboy. They're Canadian too, I guess. Are they really? Which I, they, I don't know. Maybe a bunch of Canadians are coming down to the Great Del Lago. I don't know. Well, you know what? It's close enough proximity. Why wouldn't yeah. they come over? Do you think it's a, a predominantly Canadian audience that's coming over to get turned loose? I think they're coming down. <laughs> hey, let's go down. Let's uh, let's go down to the to the Del Lago and get turned loose, eh? We had uh, a great. Um, we we were <laughs> we were at my friend's condo, and it's one of those that overlooks the entire city of San Antonio, and so. Um, all the boys had gone out the night before. I, I don't do that anymore, so I stayed in there. So we're having this kind of brunch thing. Mm -hmm. and, and this is one of those 360-degree views from, you know, 17 floors up. Amazing, right. Yeah, just unbelievable. And um, and so this, our friend Doug shows up, and this you know, really good-looking girl uh, is with him. Um, and, and he goes, we're like, who's this girl? You know, because these guys came in from L.A., so I guess obviously he met her that mm -hmm. night. And he went to some hotel or did whatever he was going to do. And he shows up with all these business guys and everything, and, and it's almost all men at the condo, probably 12 of us. And this is the only girl, and Doug comes walking in with her. And she walked in the door. She turned around and slipped her dress off, pulled her bra off, pulled her panties up, and started jumped up on the pool table and started dancing. And she screamed, I came here to get turned up! <laughs> turned up! So, and so we're, we're, literally our mouths hit the room. We're looking at each other going... Is this happening right now? <laughs> so, we, so we affectionately refer to her as turnt up. Turn up. Turn up turnt, to your guys. But she said turnt. Turnt up. Came here to get turnt up. I came here to get turnt up with Loverboy, baby. I'm looking at just a couple of tickets remain for Loverboy. There you go. I always forget you've got a spectacular singing voice, Daniel. I'm not afraid of it. I know you're not. I'm not afraid of it. You I'm jump right in. I just grab the right side and squeeze really hard. <laughs> Um, so, so let me read this to you. Um, so these are like some old NBA stories that you were looking at. You know, I was just going through some archive stuff and, and, you know, and, and I, I look at stuff that comes out and I wonder when this came out, which it looks like it was in 2007. Mm -hmm. Why didn't I know more about this? Why didn't I know more what about What were you doing in 2007? You know what? I was probably getting turned up. You, were, <laughs> you so, came uh, here to get turned up, Daniel. I, did, I know that I about you. According to one of Dwayne Wade's former business associates, Wade and his Miami Heat cohorts made it in made it their business to have sex with as many women as possible. Very nice. The business partner went on to say that when he visited Wade's sex condo, <laughs> he found used condoms on the floor in the bedrooms, obvious signs of sexual activities uh, on all of the beds, empty champagne bottles and hard liquor bottles, nearly f nearly finished blunts, yeah, and even half-eaten rotting food on the tables and furniture. I've never been invited to or have heard of a sex condo until right now. Well, what, what's more important, I believe, is that he was getting turned up. Yeah, we came to get turned up, baby. So, so. I, I never heard this story. I mean, no. you would think that that, that this guy, you know, was a, a huge player. Well, in that was he doing anything? Uh, I mean, I guess the blunts were illegal, but if he's just looking to hook up with chicks, that's uh, nothing. But should that be part of the deal? I mean, so, sex so, condo, absolutely. Oh, don't you think that yeah. we need? We're going down to the ACC now. I'm going to bring Robin yeah. to the sex condo. Yeah, There's no question. Right, I'm yeah. going with Robin, yeah. but I could then tie it into saying that it is her obligation to my job. Yeah. 
that the great Ed Levine has purchased a, so he's rented us a sex condo. So outside of the hotel, we get to go to the, to the condo. And when mm-hmm. you walk in the door, you're going to get turned off. Yeah, you're going to get turned off. There's no question about and it. And what I also know, too, is that now that you're doing mornings, you can relate to this. The sex condo would primarily be used for napping at this point, I think. You know, it would be it would be used, I think that there would definitely be a nap after. <laughs> so just two two minutes of action, yeah. 40 minutes of a nap. Just close it down 42 minutes, we're gone. That's all we need. Yeah, we just tag team on the yeah, way out and just touch it. on hand. That's it. Okay, so I've got this one. It's, it's entitled Duel. After losing over $1,000 on a card game, two millionaire basketball stars got into a tense standoff that almost ended in murder. Wizards player Gilbert Arenas pulled a loaded gun on Jarvaris Crittenton. Luckily, the other players were able to defuse the situation, and no one ended up getting shot. Never heard of those two guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't know I, Arenas, was, Arenas was pretty pretty big name in the game for a while. Uh, but they're pulling guns on each other now? Well, you know, I think that or then? right away, you know, I started hearing, you know, when you were in the old west and you were in the, the saloon, guys on the spindle and, piano, you know, the, the, the bartender would look over in that tense moment and give him the nod and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the girl started, and you wanted to, you wanted to diffuse the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's these two guys and, and, and it's a thousand dollars. They're millionaires. Not, not that, you know, if someone was cheating or whatever, tempers couldn't flare, but you go to a gun and point to at your guy for your other yeah. players. Yeah. I know you had the money, man. Uh, Clementine. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my darling. And lastly, in 1989, Detroit Pistons' Dennis Rodman's shotgun episode. Before he was singing Happy Birthday to Kim Young Noon. <laughs> Kim Young Un. Noon. Yeah, you're going to say, Dennis Rodman is one of the greatest defensive players in the NBA, but Rodman's time playing for the Pistons was marred by one particular practice where he brought a shotgun with him and attempted to commit suicide in the parking lot. The incident raised a few red flags about the then young player, obviously. But luckily, his best days were still ahead of him. Now, I'm the coach or I'm yeah. a player, when I, and you got a guy who... Doesn't say I got a shotgun. He attempts to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you nah. not? You, do you not not take that guy in? Hey, Dennis, dust it off. Come on, buddy. We got drills. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, we're gonna run a little laps, buddy. We're, we're, you know what? Get a good sweat going, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that suicide yeah. thing is crazy. Shower off and get in here. Let's do, go. Do, do you avoid at the end of practice running suicides that yeah, day with Dennis? Yeah, you don't run them. You don't. Run yeah, you don't make Dennis. repertoire. We're gonna no. run laps today, yes, Dennis. But we're gonna run That's today, Dennis. Do. But but you know it does it does. It, I, I read that story when as I lifted the different ones that I thought were compelling, and I try to relate them to say, aren't there giant red flags that would come out of that, that when you look at situations that have occurred in this country yeah. just in the last couple of weeks, and you wonder, how do you turn your back on some of those indicators that seem so apparent and obvious? They did nothing for Dennis Rodman? They did nothing for him? You know, Nobody I said, hey, let's get I, some counseling? I, I, I wasn't there, yeah. you know, but uh, certainly I don't remember any stopgap of his play. You know, you know, I, I think that, you know, that you can play through it, kid. Don't yeah, worry no, you're fine. It's just, just uh, walk you're, it off. You're going to spit lightning and crack <laughs> thunder rock. You know what I mean? Walk it off, Dennis. Let's get inside. Yeah, let's walk, go. It, walk, let's walk it off. My buddy. father would say, rub a little dirt in it. <laughs> rub a little dirt in it and walk let's it rub off. A little dirt in it. You're fine. You're good. You're fine, son. Yeah, so those those uh, Those, those are classic NBA stories. Those are classic NBA stories. I'm calling... Dwayne Wade when I'm done. Do you want to uh, hit some spots and come back? I've got a so what for you. I've got even uh, some stuff about 
Gronkowski will obviously talk Syracuse basketball yeah. for tonight. Great one. Uh, sorry, the, the mole is having technical issues oh, at Boston College. Bull. <laughs> that's says, such bull. He doesn't want to go. I'm going to watch. I'm going to fire out yeah, you threatening Paulie the mole. Guilt uh, him right into it. I will. I'll get him. So we'll come back and get into all of that next year on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Beautiful. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey, now. And we're back. Let's get the mole on the phone. Okay, I'm on it right so, now. So let me just let me just prelim you on what just happened. So Josh has been trying on the break to get a hold of Paulie the Mole, who's up at Boston College getting ready for the SU-BC game, which we're going to discuss with Paulie live from Boston. And he said, no, he's too busy. He's not coming on the show. So I texted Paulie, and here he is. Is Paulie there? Yeah. Yeah, so I texted Paulie, don't make me call Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I knew would garner an immediate response. Are you having technical issues there, Paulie? Yes, I am. What's what? going on? They don't have an ISPN line here, so I have to work with people to get one set up. Wow. Is that, is that <sighs> something that... Are, are you stressed out? Like, this is really... Uh, this is going to be a stressful call for you? No, I'm sitting on the baseline with my legs crossed waiting for them to get me one. So. All right, so then you really have nothing to do right now until they come up with that line, correct? No, but I was talking to the guy who handles it when Josh called uh, or texted me. Are you happy to be on the show, though, right? I mean, you, oh, li- you, live, you, you live for this I moment. live for this crap. <laughs> you want, you want, <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you want to play a little so what? What was that? Do you want to play a little so what? Oh sure, did Joe do it? Sure no, 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 Joe. I did it. Joe's no, we, not here. Listen, we we want to pick your brain about something to revisit something very quickly. So, um, Joe's been coming in. I'm I'm subbing in for Gomez and Lisa, as you know. And Joe has been operating the board. And so I get the word when I get here today. Well, Joe will not be doing it. Josh is going to have to in your absence. Josh is doing the board. It's just Josh is telling me it's just you and me today because Paulie's up there and Joe is approaching over his hours. And so I said on the air, I needed to talk about. So that what's that? Two more dollars an hour, and we can't swing that. Yeah, and he can't work more than eight hours in a day. So that would, if he does the game tonight, he would have been way over. So, so that would have been like double time. Oh yeah, and, and that's because his rate is so high; it would crack the bank here. Or what does that mean? He, he's uh, he's up there in the pay scale compared to most of the, the minions. Oh, oh, he's making good money then, I guess. Joe yeah, Salzone. Yeah. Joe Salzone I mean, he is making... He shouldn't need to borrow money from anybody. Yeah, he, yeah. he probably doesn't need to borrow 40 bucks from anyone nah, and, not pay, and not be able to pay it back. Nah, anyway. He should be rather comfortable. Yeah, he's pretty flush. You know, he's definitely in the black. <laughs> you know, you say that to me right now, and I feel taken. Yeah, you might. I feel hurt. I feel yeah. raped. Yeah. Well, you might want to just, you know. Well, no, I and got today him. No, was, today listen, was payday, too. Listen, so. I, got him, I got him on the mic. To, for the next couple of days, so yeah, he, he can't go anywhere. Yeah, he can't do anything. Yeah. I, you know, I confront him. Yeah, no, I got to get him on the air. I got to tell Take the. Him down. Yeah, let's do it. Let's play. Uh, let's play a little so what. And then, uh, and if you have the time, if they don't come up with your uh, your line, and uh, I'd like to pick your brain about tonight's game a little bit. So here we go. Okay. Anti-U.S. sentiment could put the U.S.'s 2026 World Cup bid in danger, according to ESPN. The United States. Uh, may not get to play in the FIFA World Cup because of a Moroccan challenge. The leader of Morocco does not like the USA. Do not want them to play in the World Cup. Okay, so um, I'm going to say why this is not a so what because um, you got to be kidding me. Morocco is like uh, you know half of Rhode Island, and uh, and I'm figuring that the influence of the United States and the dollars driven and the attention that comes from 
having the USA in the World Cup is far more important than having Morocco and whatever Morocco says. So I'm going to say, yeah, go to hell, Morocco. Take that, Morocco. Yeah, Morocco. Paulie, so what or not so what? So what? It's soccer. Go to Morocco. Boom! America. (laughs) The New York Giants are officially moving forward with Eli Manning, but talks have begun that they may select Saquon Barkley as a backup QB this year. You know, so what? So what? So what? Polly? Uh, I'll get back to you after the, the kid plays the game. Former NBA player Nate Robinson says a University of Washington booster offered him six figures to return to the Huskies football team after he left to focus on basketball. He left the team and claims that he was offered over $100,000 by a booster, not the program, a booster, to come back and play for the Huskies. Well, this is what I was saying to you guys. You have what's called boosters or alumni fathers. So you take Syracuse University's difficulties that they had and the scholarships that they have available right now, and you're going to tell me that Jim Beheim would ever allow something like that to happen. He wouldn't. He's an honorable man, and he's not somebody who would, who would even even if he had knowledge or something like that. But with that said... Sadly, that while it's his watch technically as the head coach and some bozo on the staff or or a booster or whatever does something like that and the kid takes the money and suddenly they leave the coach out to dry, which I really do believe in some of the sanctions and allegations that they've made against Jim in the past. Um, you know, I don't believe any of them, but that doesn't mean that some variation thereof didn't take place in some way or another. It just was without his knowledge, but he's going to be the one that pays for it. So here's this kid saying that some booster, well, hey, you know, I went to college. I could go up to some player that that's, that's there who may be thinking about not playing or he's going to work on his grades and say to him, Hey man, I'll, I'll buy your parents a car. We'll do it. We'll shill it through some other mm. company or, you know, we'll make it look right. Or we won't put anything in their name. How does that that proposition have anything to do with the athletic program? That right, the and it just in? goes to show that there are these boosters out there who want their team to win so bad that they will break all of these rules. Yeah, for sure. Paulie, what do you think? I think it's not even remotely shocking anymore, and it's basically, you know, we're all numb to it now. So Yeah, you're right. It's I'm surprised society. it was only 100000 And finally, on So What, the Canadian government announced Tuesday that it will discontinue the $1,000 bill, meaning if you have one, and there's 700,000 of them still in circulation, if you have one of those, you need to get to the bank, but do not try buying anything with a $1,000 bill. They claim that it is regularly forfeited and a lot of uh, money launderers are using them, so you can no longer use a $1,000 bill. Okay, so hang on a second. So uh, I need to understand before yeah. I vote on so on. So if you have, say, five of these $1,000 bills yeah. in, in your safe deposit box. They said get to the bank with them and cash them in. They'll they'll give you face value for them. Okay, they're going to give you face value, but they become, they, they don't have the value of, they're not going to use them anymore, but do you still have $1,000 if you don't turn them in? They will no longer, unless you take it to a bank, no, no stores or anything are going to accept $1,000 bills. Oh, I'm going to tell you why this isn't so what. Go ahead. Because the temptation by many will be to turn it in, which will make that bill rare for collectors. And I guarantee that in, in, in a short amount of time, the bill itself becomes worth more than $1,000. Good point. Yeah, so be careful, you Canadians up there. I'll give you 1000 for each one of them right now. <laughs> right now, cash right money. Now, right now. Polly, so what or not so what? I'll never have $1,000, so so what? <laughs> Q's hoops tonight, Polly. You're sitting there on the court right now. What do you think? 
uh, I think they'll win. I don't think they have any choice. So uh, I think they're going to win. You know, Paul, you say you say that, and I and I think you know certainly they should win. That's a tiny little place that they play up there. Um, but, you know, it's not like Boston College is terrible this year. They have some threats. Um, more importantly for me, it's over if they lose, correct? Yeah, unless they make a run to the finals of the ACC tournament and beat Clemson. So, okay, yeah, well, so. you know, I, 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 I think that the um, because of the level Boston College is at right now and their record in the ACC, that a loss here ends. You know, they'd have to win the ACC tournament. I think they, I don't, I don't think that they they can lose this game. But with that yeah, said, don't, don't, don't forget they've beaten Duke. Florida State, Miami here, so and a couple other good teams. So, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I'm not, by no means do I not expect Syracuse, you know, eight or nine times out of ten. But I, I don't, you know, for any accounting of this, think that it would be impossible or even shocking if Boston College was to win the game at home. I don't. I wouldn't be that surprised by that. Um, Battle is in. Um, a pretty bad slump right now, you know, considering his three-point shooting um, lately has been really bad. He was two for eight in a loss to Duke, and he's currently in this, this last 22 attempts shooting 31.3%. That's not something that you can really coach a kid out of, you know. I mean, so what is your strategy, Paul? You're, you know, you, you know the kid is struggling shooting the ball all around the court, and particularly from three-point range. Do we send him to the hoop more and, uh, and, and, and tell him not to shoot as much, or do you just try to shoot your way out of it? What do you, what's your answer to that? I think you got to let a kid of his talent shoot his way out. You know, just keep gunning. He's, the, he's all I got. You know, it's either him or Howard or Brissett. So. Well, Brissett can't do a layup him. lately. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but if you tell Battle to stop shooting, then you're stuck with the other two that can't hit shots. So. Right, you're right. It's the lesser of, of three evils, probably. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've been really, you know, with the with the zone that we play, we normally force a lot more turnovers. That's been something that hasn't happened. Um, but here, here's the, I think in this game, and I'm not sure how to do this, but this has been, you know, a, a battle cry for Josh, and his favorite player, and that's Dolzhai. Uh, you know, he's tw- this guy is twenty three for forty from the field, for fifty seven point five percent in shooting, and the and the kid doesn't he won't shoot the ball, he just won't he's shoot terrified. it. He's, he's terrified, terrified out yeah. there. He looks scared on the court. He does, and doesn't he's, he? He's got to shoot. He won the Miami game for him. They didn't guard him. He made shots. If he does that, it's a whole different team. I think that's. The, I think that should be the game plan tonight. If it, obviously you put the you put the ball in Tyus's hands and you tell him to shoot the ball because he's kind of the game's on his back. But let Dolajai shoot. Let him shoot the ball. Well, does, you know what? What I think that they're missing too is that uh, I've said this before. When Battle has the ball out, you know, out beyond the arc, and we and the shot clock starts closing inside of fifteen, and he's just dribbling, you know, he's not passing the ball. He's he's going to make a move. He's going to go one on one. He's going to pull up. He's you know so a lot of that time it was like watching Jordan when he had the ball. You know I mean okay he's looking up at the clock. He looks mm-hmm. back at his opponent. He looks up at the clock and then he goes. Um, I think if Dolajai would shoot the ball more, it would actually open things up for battle because I don't think in, there's been times when I've watched him on the court. They're not even guarding him. Well, that's what Paul was just saying. They don't. There's nobody on Dolajai, so he can take open shots. If they start to realize, oh, this guy's going to shoot. Well, put some men on him. Then yes, Tyus can have some open looks. So how does so how how does that occur then, Paulie? Do you 
Do you, as a coach or one of the assistant coaches, go up to the guy and go, "I want you to shoot the ball five times per half"? You know what I mean? Like, or do you? Do you? How do you get the kid when he's open? Instinctually, when I play basketball, if someone chooses to double team someone and they kick the ball out to me, I don't hesitate for a second, but to take a wide open shot. So, how do you get him out of that fear factor, and how do you train him to shoot it? I think you just gotta hope he does it. It's it's at the point now where if he doesn't realize it. In Syracuse, a lot of the time, is a very good offensive rebounding team. Sometimes just putting the ball on the rim is a better offense for Syracuse than waiting out the shot clock and chucking it. You know, if you get the ball up on the rim for set, the chuke is your column could go up and get it and put it back in. So, who knows? Who knows? If I knew how to run an offense, I'd be a coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a cable guy? He's the cable guy right now. <laughs> uh, a prediction on the score? Uh, Syracuse. 72 BC 60. Wow. Wow. 12 point victory. Oh, on the, I think they're pick them right now in Vegas because they're in Boston. They're in Boston. So they're, they're actually a pick. All right, Paulie. Well, good luck All right, finding Paulie. your cable. You're, Paulie, you're Paulie. Hope Syracuse plays like they're in the situation they're in. They come out like uh, a trapped animal. Paulie, I got a great way. deal on like, uh, I mean, it's like, what are, you, what are you paying per day? For the vehicle to drive down to New York, what's the budget and what, around what range? Uh, I don't know. I'm, Come on, this, just give me a number. I think I think this rental car is like forty bucks a day. Great. So if I can get like a like laser Yukon, something like that, like a big SUV, unlimited miles for fifty, should I just grab it now and they'll reimburse me and you and I'll drive down in that? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I it's up to you. I, I, Am I, I getting the money? Am I getting the money back? Is the great one going to stiff me? I don't go through the great one when I rent cars, so. Yeah, SU gets him his cars. Oh, SU yeah. gets you your yeah. cars. Yeah, he's on yeah. IMG. So I'd have to get IMG to reimburse me. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. That yes. sounds like a sales yeah. zone so deal Yeah, so let me rent a car and I'll drive you. We'll listen to some Oingo Boingo on the way down there. Oh. Dude, we got to get the big SUV. We got to get the luxury. I don't want to be on the highway without being wrapped around some steel. <laughs> You're going to get the Yugo. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Travel, Chevy Aveo. You got poly style, bro. No, no, I can't do it. I'm he afraid. Do it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. He, of that. he needs a lot of vehicle around him. Yeah, I need He's a lot a of vehicle. He's a tall guy. Me. Uh, let me, let me, let me get the car and I'll submit the receipt to you. Oh, you're gonna, you're, you're setting me up. All right, we'll figure something out. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Goodbye, Paulie. Right, bye, Paulie. Let's go. To, let's go to break. We'll come back with the last segment. Uh, you're listening to uh, the Big Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, we're back. Josh, you got some uh, Gronkowski news. Uh, you know, as we talked, um, you know, right up going into, and we we were one of the, the leaders in sports. Breaking, as always. Breaking our theories about what was going to happen to Rob Gronkowski after losing the Super Bowl. What do you got over there? Well, we were thinking that maybe this offer with the WWE and the XFL was too good to be true. Well, stories are now coming out. Uh, NBC Sports' Tommy Curran, is it Curran, Curran, whatever, he's reporting that Gronk didn't want to play at all this year. So he's been looking to get out for a while. They claim that at training camp, he was ready to walk. He wanted to train a certain way. They didn't want him to train that certain way. He said his body wasn't responding how he liked it. The season played out, and by the end of it, I don't think some of the principal players on this team were really happy with the atmosphere 
and the climate, meaning within the Patriots organization, and they still need to have a hell of an air cleaning at Patriot Place to get these guys back on board. You know the hard thing, and, and I have a theory about this, about this guy. I think he's uh, uh, he likes having fun. He likes being stimulated. Um, he has already risen to the highest level, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I used to, I used to, I had a friend, Gene Siernan. I don't know if you're. Um, you recognize the name, but he's the only astronaut to walk on the moon twice. Whoa. And so, Gene, um, when you're an astronaut and you train your entire career to get that one shot, no pun intended, and you go up there, you do whatever, even if it's, you know, just uh, orbiting the Earth, whatever. But after that, what do you do after? What's sure. how, What do you do after that? Right. You know, so Gronkowski has won multiple Super Bowls. Um, I don't think that there's really much left for him to prove about his prowess and his athletic ability. He has climbed to the top of the mountain. You know, so if you go up McKinley and you go up this one, that one, and finally you, you stand on the top of Everest, do you just climb Everest again? Well, he's done that a few times. Yeah. So I can't say I don't understand what will get him motivated at 28-29 with his big body you know, hurting like it is now, to not want to move on to something else. So that's what I based my decisions on when I said, he's never played in New England again. Mm-hmm. He's not. Uh, the idea, too, financially, when you look at some of these guys and the window of opportunity they have to make a lot of money, well, they're throwing dough at him right now to do things. I mean, you have to remember, you know, Jack Nicholson made $25 million on the dolls that they sold from Batman. Wow. Just the dolls. Wow. The Joker character, he owned a big piece of the- uh, His likeness, yeah. Right. So, you know, there, there's there's a lot of other things for him um, to do with himself before also he becomes that debilitated, crippled 50-year-old guy because of how long he played. He's only 28. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't think you're ever going to see him play football again unless, unless he- gives a little bit of time to the XFL, which might be part of the WWE package. That would make sense for Vince McMahon to try to legitimize the league. What what better than to lure, you know, a couple of guys, you know, that have, uh, particularly that's just played last season. And you're right, too. They said uh, not only has his knees been injured, he's had multiple back injuries, arm injuries, but people on the inside say that latest concussion is what really shook him up. He's had two concussions now. And with all the talk about, you know, concussions and what they do uh, permanently to you, uh, it really freaked them out. And I think that was part of the decision in this past season to say, ah, you know what, this 28, like you said, I've climbed Everest multiple times. What's left? Yeah, you know, I mean, so uh, when you when you look at guys, John Sally's a friend of mine, and John won two rings with the bad boys uh, on the Detroit Pistons, and then he won two of the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. Uh, and, and so... I look at John and, you know, four NBA titles. You know, that, that's pretty impressive yeah. on two different teams. What's left when he was at the end of his career, you know, to get a seven foot two guy running up and down that court, beating his knees up and everything? So I don't think much. I think you're going to see that Gronkowski is done playing in the NFL unless someone waves some tremendous, gigantic contract under his nose to lure him for one more season. But I don't see it. He's a WWE XFL movie guy, and here it comes. He's moving on. We are moving on. Brent X is up next. Thank you for listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Talk to you guys tomorrow on ESPN Radio Syracuse.